0: Hello lovelies, welcome to the Fat Joy Podcast, where we talk each week about how to flourish in an anti-fat world. I'm Sophia, a fat person and professional coach who loves talking to other fat people about what it's like to live within oppressive systems that marginalize our bodies, and how we still dare to have the audacity and courage to reach towards our collective liberation and embrace our joy. Please know this is an adult content podcast, so there will be swears, we will be talking about harms we've experienced, and we will be rebelling against diet culture, anti-fatness, ableism, racism, etc. If you'd like to support the Fat Joy podcast and get bonus content as a thank you, please check us out at patreon.com slash fatjoy. I am so glad you're here with us. Enjoy. Hello everyone, and welcome back to the Fat Joy podcast. I am so excited for this guest. I'm joined today by Andy Neal, um, whose outdoor hiking videos, I think got me through this last (laughs) year and a little bit of the pandemic of feeling really trapped in my own home, in lockdown, in a suburban setting. And Andy kept showing these amazing videos. You may have seen them hiking angrily through a forest <laughs> with great music in the background. And I think the caption, correct me, Andy, was something like going out for another stupid hike for my stupid mental health. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> like, yep, yeah, yep. that kind of. <laughs> and it was just so delightful to see the gorgeous scenery. We have to definitely talk about where you live um, and how you're getting to all these amazing locations. But it was just the fact that you were out hiking, a fat man doing this thing, being visible, being loud, being public about it, and it, it just—it fueled me in a way I didn't know I needed to be fueled. So I'm so grateful that you agreed to come and chat with me about all of this. Oh, it's this.
1: my pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: Of course. So, Andy, why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself?
1: Uh, my name is Andy Neal, pronounce he him. Um, currently live in Southern Oregon, where I've been. <clears throat> In the region at least for the last gosh 15 16 years grew up a stereotypical city kid in southern california in las vegas uh no outdoor background um really i i was a city kid i grew up going to disneyland and walking down the strip in las vegas uh we had there were places to hike and i'm going i'm going to la next week um and i'm planning on doing some hiking in the city at griffin park Um, And then when I go visit my family in Las Vegas, there are tons of places like in Red Rock Canyon to hike around Las Vegas, but those are things I really didn't experience very much of uh, growing up in the city. I was very much like, you know, not very outdoorsy, not very handy. You know, just I I, I love being in the city. Um, Always been big my entire life. Um, Even in high school when I did cross country and track, you know, I could, you know, knock out six, seven, eight miles, but at the same time, I was still the biggest kid. I was still the biggest kid on the on the on the team, um, and I was still the slowest because I was the biggest. You know, um, you had people you know who were hovering around a hundred pounds, you know, able to knock out a mile in five minutes or something. Uh, that wasn't me, but I could go forever. So that's why I just I was never competitive, but I was always with them um, my entire life. This is what I dealt with being being a bigger person. Um, both sides of my family, it's it's genetics. It's um, it's it's what's been given to me genetically and, you know, um, fell into a lot of very toxic diet culture for years, um, up and down, which has actually done my body a lot of harm, um, had was diagnosed in 2000, <coughs> excuse me, uh, 19 with, um, an eating disorder, binge eating disorder, uh, which came from finding out I had celiac disease, uh, which means my body couldn't absorb nutrients. So I was always, always feeling hungry. Um, but my body can never get the nu- nutrients it needs, plus trauma from um my past with uh with my mom and things like that and she used food to cope, so to make me happy, she used food. So I had this very just toxic relationship with my body and food and uh just grew up uh, with that. Um, should be noted, i was a uh, I was a conservative pastor for fifteen years. Oh wow! I think I forgot that part. Yeah, I uh, I uh, started. Because I was a youth pastor right out of high school at nineteen, um, and did that f- until I was thirty five, thirty six, and then left. Um, not that I ever want to, you know, down on anyone's deeply held spiritual beliefs, but just the the the, the stream of religion I was in was very anti-lgbtq plus and i had a lot of queer kids coming to the youth group over the years and just experiences and i was like you know what this isn't for me uh, been married to my wife happily for 16 years uh, we have three kids adopted from foster care to a special needs and um last year i accidentally went viral and um been that's it's been a whirlwind ever since oh we're totally
0: gonna get all the juicy deets on that um thank you for sharing that background and what you grew up with and oh my gosh what a combo i also have i think i will always have binge eating disorder it's kind of in it doesn't rule me like it used to but i when you said you also had celiac i just thought whoa that combo would be so challenging just that oh um So, what is your relationship to the word fat then? Do you use the word fat for yourself?
1: Oh, absolutely. I love using the word fat. And I didn't always. And it was a change. Uh, It was thanks to my friend Jenny Bruso, who runs and um, is the founder of Unlikely Hikers. And a body positive, pro-fat, anti-racist organization that encourages all bodies to get outdoors. Uh, I love to death. I'll put a link in the notes. Yes. Jenny is amazing. Unlikely hikers, if you haven't followed them, um, they are amazing. And um, I remember I first got into hiking in 2019, right? For I, I, well, when I left, I left uh, being a pastor. I went to film school immediately, like the day after I quit. Um, went, to the, went to the university. the was like, hey, I like to apply for film school. And I got in and started going to film school, graduated. I already had a bachelor's, so I got a second bachelor's. Uh, graduated film school in two years. Um, but was floundering because I didn't want to move to LA. I wanted to stay in Southern Oregon. Um, and there is film work here. Ashland um, today is actually being named by movie maker magazine, where I'm at uh, one of the um, best places to live in one of the best small towns to live and work in as a filmmaker. So there was work here, but just not enough. And I just didn't want to move to LA and um, I was floundering and uh, discovered hiking and discovered Jenny's uh, organization. And um yeah. And then she was u- always using the word fat and I'm like, Oh, just always rub me the wrong way. Cause I'm like, no, I'm not fat. And then really just kind of empowerment of taking that word back um, because it's a descriptive word. It's a descriptive term. Um, You know, we, we, we don't say, you so- don't say someone like, Oh my gosh, you're so tall or, Oh my gosh. You know, you know,
0: you have such brown hair. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's like, it's, 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 it's ridiculous. Um, so I, I, I and that, that rubs people the wrong way. And I, I understand what that term when I talk to other plus size or fat people that, that it's very triggering. Mm-hmm. So, like, when when I talk about it, I, I generally like to put fat online, at least, fat or slash plus size. Because I know for me, when I first heard it, it was it was very triggering. It brought back memories of being taunted and teased as, as a child and as a teenager and into my adult years. Um, it's a journey to reclaim it it absolutely and it's a descriptive term and so but i found you know you have the toxic fitness bros that slide into my dms on, on instagram and tiktok and they they like to use the word i'm like yeah i am fat and you're and you're you're skinny big whoop you know at some point skinny became a bad thing fat be, or skinny became a good thing fat became a bad thing and when they're just descriptive terms um and so just trying to win that win that word back uh, for the fat and plus size community and also just uh, fight fat phobia. Um, everybody has fat on their bodies. We we need it. And some people have more than others and that's okay. And, you know, yeah, we can talk more about, about that as we go on. But yeah, I, I use that word fat and that's been a recent development. It's really the last year. I've really kind of embraced it. it. It started in 2019. I think it was after I went viral and held its attention on me and just started, you know. J- then Jenny and I became friends, uh, started talking a lot more, and she kind of won me over to that. And I was like, you know what? That's right. I'm going to start using this term and take the power away because it does It does take the sales out of the toxic fitness bros when they're sitting there insulting you, and you're like, yeah, big whoop. Like, oh, um, like, hey, fat. So I'm like, yep, that's me. I'm fat. Okay, what else you
0: got? <laughs> I think it's hilarious, not hilarious. I think it's horrible, but there's also a bit of irony here that that is what's used by toxic fi- fitness bros to get you to what come over to their side to convert, to sign up for their programs. Like it does it's so, um, it's ridiculous. Like that it that 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 one act of being okay with the word totally deflates anything that they can do. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. What was it about the hike? I imagine, here's my assumption, that there's a combination of being outdoors, being hiking, being in, I mean, gorgeous spaces. Like you go, you are in gorgeous spaces on these hikes, waterfalls and mountains and like lushness everywhere. And with a person or a group of people who are there to be with their bodies as their bodies are anti-diet culture, pro-fat, I'm curious about the combination between the ideology of that and the, the literal awe of being in nature. How did that combo work on you to step into embracing that word?
1: Um, I mean, honestly, when I, when I first got into the outdoors in 2019, um, it was it was for my mental health, but I also saw it as a way to, to lose weight. I was still up and down, up and down dieting all the time. Um, and it wasn't really until 2020, we're in the middle of the pandemic, that, you know, <clears throat> gyms were closed, couldn't go to the gym. There was nothing to do. For a while in Oregon, at least, the, the trails were closed, so you couldn't hike. And it was about April, May of 2020, where trails were open back up. I'm like, okay, it's okay to go hiking. Started going, getting out and hiking again. And then just realizing, you know, this is the body I'm in, and I can, I can do these things and this, this feeling of being connected with my body and the outdoors that it is that we are nature that i am nature and i'm a part of nature and it's all connected um it's it, it, it was just a it was a slow realization but when it hit it hit it was like wow like and i can i can i can climb up these mountains i can do these i can do these things and i might breathe a lot harder and sweat a lot more than others but i'm gonna do it and um you know
0: yeah it kind of pulls you out of yourself a bit
1: like Absolutely, it's it's completely like there's this connection. My first time I went backpacking was in 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 2021, like overnight backpacking, and I remember this sense for the first time where I felt this immense connection with my body and nature because I was hiking and you know it was me and my son. We had gone you know nine miles, had four miles left, and we were running low on water. I knew there was a water source where we were going to be camping that night. It was fine, but there's supposed to be a stream. Between there, here, and there, and there wasn't, and we had a little mm-hmm. bit of water. We were, we were fine, but this immense feeling of connection to nature, like, oh, there's a drought going on right now in our region, northern California, southern Oregon, and I need water, but where the map says there's supposed to be water, it's dry. And it was just like, wow, I my, I am deeply connected to what's going on with the rest of the earth, which we don't realize when you live in a city, when you live in a suburb. You know, you'll, you turn on the faucet, water just comes out, you know, food, you go to the store, you just buy it. Um, but when you're out in the outdoors and you're miles away from everything and you have no cell service and you need water, and if it's not there where it's supposed to be, you have a, you're you're connected. You need the earth to provide and you realize that you need to help steward the, the, um, the, this planet we live on. So there was this deep connection with my body. My body needed water. There was no water there at the time. Um, and it was just this crazy awesome realization um and then we were fine we didn't get dehydrated we had a little bit of water left I just wanted to top off our bottles um but I was like wow there's my body and this planet I'm living on are deeply connected and doesn't matter what size it is or whatever it's it's all it's all nature
0: yeah oh and I love that you use the word steward we're not this is not a uh, climate crisis podcast but but there is that Feeling. I used to do a lot of outdoor backcountry, and that was what I always felt. I always felt, wow, I am in what's the word infinitesimally. I'm- I can't even say it. I'm very small <laughs> in the grand scheme of things, and and I am also one with it. Like I, you know, th- there's nowhere else I get that feeling of full connectedness and also of my own insignificance as when I'm out in the middle of the bush and, you know, I'm a one day paddle away from any kind of help or support and it is the land and me. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, again, (laughs) I have opinions about how, when we don't do that, how we get really disconnected and care less about what's happening to our planet, um, you know, ecologically. So I think that's another thing your videos do is it, it, in a big way reminds people of what we need to be doing better for what we need to be protecting. So you said a a year ago, a year and a week ago I think your videos went viral. But before we go there, I I really am curious how did you even start so doing the the videos because you started hiking, you were still kind of in weight loss mentality uh, you were doing it for your mental health and then a shift happened. And then when do you, when were you like, oh, I should record myself stomping around the woods? Like, how did that happen?
1: Um, I've always loved social media. Social media has always been my thing. Um, my wife and I met on MySpace. Like, to date, yeah, we, we met on MySpace. Uh, I was living in Las Vegas. She was in Oregon. And so I've always been, like, very much the latest social media. What's on, you know, I'm, I'm doing it. Um so you know, I was part a part of my um, work um, in film school was working a lot with social media. They were t- it was, the degree is actually digital cinema, so we were learning a lot digital platforms and that sort of thing. And I actually did my my my, grad- my graduation thesis was actually on um, cinema and and video production and social media as a platform. And I did a whole thing on it, and just during that time, I really got into Instagram. Started growing my Instagram. Just um anything that would stick. At the same time, I love Disney. I did a Disney podcast for seven years. Uh wanted to be a Disney influencer, which you know I kinda am now. I'm out on the i the fat outdoor Disney guy. People know <laughs> me yes.
0: perfect. You got it all.
1: <laughs> and so I, I was always I, I was always in those spaces. Um I had a lot of in Disney influencer friends in LA, so really, I just really immersed myself in the social media space. In 2000 summer 2019, um, I discovered hiking. Um, on, my, on my on my first like hike, I was like, "This is this is it. This is there's this there's this TikTok that audio that says, Well, this is gonna be my person- Well, this is gonna be my personality for the rest of my life.'" And that was it for me. Like, I'm hiking. I'm like, "Well, this is gonna be my personality for the rest of my life." And I changed my name. On my handle on Instagram like that day to Andy films and hikes it was just my name before and it was Andy films and hikes this is what I do I I love film I love outdoors and hiking and everybody thought oh it's just of Andy's you know the face I'll get out of it but just fell in love with it and just started filming um, waterfalls a lot less of me in it a lot just you know here's just here's just a pretty waterfall here's the mountains here's this putting it on Instagram a lot of pictures and then, um, you know, reels and TikTok, TikTok started getting big and then reels started coming out. And so I just started posting you know more videos of that. And then, you know, being so into social media, it's like, well, Instagram likes it when you're in the pictures, you're in the videos. And I'm like, I don't like that. Um, and there was this moment though, there was this moment though, in, in January of 21, a year before where, um, I was at a waterfall. I had hiked to um my trekking pole snapped on the way like there i fell in the water it was 30 degrees outside hour before sunset i had an hour and a half to hike back it was bad um so the uh, what i what i had done um it, it was horrible the trekking pole company would not replace the poles uh, another trekking pole company reached out to me said hey we have poles that are made of you know Carbon fiber, they can hold up to anything. We, So, I got I bought a pair, uh, it was Canock Outdoors in Portland. I uh, love Canock, um, they're a small, a small company, but they make amazing products. Went on that exact same hike and uh, with, with my kids, it was great. I was trying to break those poles, I was like, I'm going to break these poles. I could not do it. Um, and I took a full body picture of myself, and then um, I posted a picture. And said, you know, I, a full body picture of myself. I posted a picture and said, "Hey, you know, this is me. This is really hard for me to do. Um, I usually like posting from the chest up." Um, and then that's when I first I knew of Jenny and I like the hackers. And that's when she he, she reached out to me. She's like, "I love your story. Love what you put in the post." I talked about how you know the whole life I struggled with body body image and and eating disorder and body dysmorphia. And, you know, I was a conservative pastor for several years, but I fall in love with the outdoors. And she said, Hey, can I repost this and repost some unlikely hikers? And I had gained like a thousand followers that day, which I thought I was like, Oh my gosh, a thousand. I, that's it. That's it. I, I, that's it. I've made it, you know, call YouTube. I'm an influencer now. Um, but it, from there, it, just, it was, it was a slow, like, okay, I post a full body picture of myself. Start doing that a lot. i was seeing there was a lot of engagement with doing that. Start doing and just start doing the videos with me And then just me hiking. And um so I started getting the attention of Columbia and other um outdoor companies. Um and in July of 21, I said, I'm I'm looking at the, the plus size landscape, the, the the fat fashion and outdoor landscape. Um I'm not seeing a lot of dudes. Yeah, no, there's not. And I'm like, you know what? I can do this. So I in July, late July of 21, I said I am going to be a plus size model. I just, I'm like, I put it on my Instagram. I'm like, putting this in the universe, I'm going to manifest this. And then my first job ever was three weeks later. I'm in the gorge between Washington and Oregon with Columbia Sportswear.
0: Whoa, that was your first job?
1: That was my first job was Columbia Sportswear. I had, I had worked behind the camera. I would worked on sets. So I get there. You know, they have the film and photo crew. I'm sitting there trying to set up C-Stands and stuff. I'm like, no, 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 you sit over here. I'm like, oh. You're the talent. You're the talent. <laughs> exactly. Like, no, you're talent. You sit here. And um, and it just it took off from there. And then they started, Columbia wanted me to start doing some social media stuff for them. And then Eddie Bauer called. And I just started getting more and more confident and start posting more and more pictures. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to be a plus-size model. I is what I'm going to do. Models, I'm, I'm looking at other models what do I need to do? I need to have a good Instagram presence. So I just post videos of myself. And so I kept posting more and more trying to find something that would get traction. I think at that time, I don't want to say only, but the, the the most views I had on a reel were like 5,000, which I had 5,000 followers. So that was fine. But then this whole, um, the beginning of last year you know going for a stupid hike for my stupid it was going for a stupid walk for my stupid mental health came out and i'm like oh i could t- i could put that on its head just do a stupid hike it'll be funny and i dropped up my daughter at her school her school's right by the river and there's this nice little um um bureau of land management which manages a lot of the federal land in our area nice little place the little river place with a few trails I'm like i'll just have my i always have my tripod with me i'll put my tripod there i'll set up a few shots you know, five different shots of me just looking silly and hiking. I had all Columbia gear on, like Columbia will love it. It'll be great. And, you know, maybe, you know, they'll, they'll want me to come back for another thing. I posted it on the 4th of January and it did, it did really well. Like, oh my gosh. Like from from the time I I drove from the river back to the house, it was like 10,000 views. I'm like, oh wow, this is great. 10,000. Like I've, I've made it. Um, and then it just kept going, kept going. And it's was like, okay, you know, it got to 100,000 views. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> and then that weekend, I'm like, oh, you know, I do have TikTok. And everyone's talking about the TikToks. The kids are doing the TikToks. I'll just repost this on TikTok. I didn't, like, I totally, like, it's, it's, it had the Instagram watermark on it. Posted on TikTok. And on TikTok, it just went boom. Like, zero to a million in, like, a day. And then Instagram was like, oh, wait, that same video is getting traction? We And all of a sudden, it started getting traction on Instagram. Um, and so... It went from, you know, the weekend, to, I think it ended the weekend, 200,000. That when it hit 200,000. I was going so fast, I realized, oh crap, this is happening fast. I took the kids. I'm like, we're going up to the snow where there's no service. I need to, we're going to, we're going to walk in the snow, hike in the snow. I'm just going to think for a while.
0: What were you going to, th- you wanted to think about what?
1: What's, what's about to happen? I just had this feeling like it happened. It was happening so fast. I'm like, I just need to get out where I'm not looking at my phone and just, and, like kinda come back to me, like come back to yourself. Exactly.
0: And your family and like that grounding.
1: And so did that, came back and the next day it was like, Oh, it's hit a million and then it hit it hit six million on Tuesday and that's when the news station started calling.
0: Oh my God. I didn't know it got that big. I didn't know it was like news were
1: Yeah, it got it got um it got it's the lo- Local news, but it got it got picked up by all the, like, there's local news, but then there's all the affiliates, and they picked up the story. So, like, there are people calling me from, like, Memphis, Tennessee, and, like, you know, Portland, Maine. I'm like, oh gosh. And then it ended up at, like, 33 million views. And at that point, I was like, wow. And then the followers, you know, I went from 5,000 to 55,000 at that point in three, four weeks. And it was just, it was, it was, it was awesome. It was overwhelming. And then I went viral several more times and went from 55 to 175,000. And now, like in my own town, I can't go out without getting recognized. Neither can my wife.
0: <laughs> is that is that good or bad?
1: It's, it's I love it. Yeah. I actually, I actually do because when people come and they talk to me and they recognize me, I had this happen. I was in Ross shopping for shoes for my son the other day. And this big guy, he was probably, you know, I don't want to speculate on weight. He was like 6'4" he looked like he used to play for like the Raiders, like big guy, bigger than way bigger than me. He comes up to me. just, I'm like he tat, tat's all over his leg. I'm like, he comes up to me like, Oh, what's this dude want? You know, I'm six feet. You know, I'm, I'm a big guy, but this guy's like, he could like pop me into the ground, like a nail. He's like, Hey, I love your videos. And it shakes my hand. I'm like, Oh, it's like you, oh. me and my wife got a big fig because of you. And I'm like, <laughs> and it was just, it was just like the sweetest thing. I'm like, I'm like, "Oh wow. Like this is, and I, I love I love it because I hear these stories from people. There are times where it's like I need to go to the grocery store, so it's like, "Well, we're going to mask today because I'm going to pretend like I'm worried about the pandemic here. Put on a hat cuz I need to get in and out."
0: Yeah, not be stopped by people. I just I
1: just and not that when I'm stopped, I'm going to talk to you cuz I know me. I'm going to I want I want to hear. I'm going to take I'll, I'll take the selfie. I'm going to do all the things. Um so it's been, it's been hard on my wife um, because um, she just, it, it happened and she's very much introvert. I'm introverted too, but she's very much a quiet person. And the first time it happened to her, it's like, Oh, you're Andy's wife. She's like, I'm Lindsay. I'm not Andy's wife. I'm Lindsay. <laughs> and so it, it, she, she's gotten more used to it. And I'm like, if you want me to, anytime you want me to stop this, I will She's like, no, I love that you're happy and you, you'll be able to provide for our family this way. And you have total flexibility. What I don't like it is when like, I go out and I'm hiking and someone takes a picture video of me and does introduce themselves. And I find that on the internet and I have no idea like, oh, they were taking a picture of me. That's kind of, that's creepy. That's, I would feel very creeped out by that. And I'm, I'm very much aware, cognizant of of my family and that sort of thing. I always encourage people, you know, online, like, hey, if you see me, come say hi. Don't just take a picture of me. Don't tweet about it. Say hello. We'll take a picture together. That, that'll be awesome don't be nervous I'm fine um, and it, it's tough because there was one time I was hiking with my kids at a very remote waterfall like remote I go out there we're enjoying it there's no one around all of a sudden we I here hey Andy I'm like well, well this dude's coming down the hill the waterfall like hey yeah man I was just driving through and I, I knew this waterfall was here so uh, hiking and then I saw your car I saw your car my car is in the in the, my first viral video I'm like, oh, I knew you were here so I wanted to come see you and say like, hi it was great he came take a selfie through the waterfall he was there for like 10 minutes and left and then my daughter's like we can't go anywhere (laughs) oh
0: my gosh how old are your kids andy oh
1: my uh daughter is just turned 10 my son is 13 and my oldest is 15.
0: wow i'm very impressed i'm a new stepmom i have a 12 and 14 year old and we can't get them to do anything. How would you get your kids out hiking with you? All our kids want to do is be on their devices.
1: They don't have devices. <laughs> we, we 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 we've we've my the oldest two have special needs, so we're very very careful with that. And my youngest, she is a she's a she's a hippie. She's <laughs> such a hippie, and she loves the outdoors, walking around barefoot. If she sees a river or like she just gets in. It just doesn't matter how cold it is. So she she loves it. So it's, it's, um, she's our little flower child.
0: Oh, that's amazing. Um, so interesting to think about, yeah, your wife and your kids. What about your friends and your family, like extended family? How are they feeling about this recognition and, and also to, also to the, the embracing of fatness and the rejection of anti-fatness that, that can ruffle feathers,
1: it could, yeah. And most of my friends have been have been very cool about. They haven't said anything negative regarding that. Um, I think anyone who's known me for a long time isn't surprised by the fact that I'm very comfortable, kind of being out there in front of people. You know, I was a pastor for 15 years. I've spoken in front of thousands upon thousands of people. I've played and and, and played music and guitar and led bands in front of thousands of people. So I have no shyness about that. Uh, I am very introverted in that I need alone time to, to, keep, my energy comes from being alone, not from being around people. Um, but, uh, my family, I think my, my extended family, they're a little like, I just like, don't totally understand the whole TikTok and Instagram thing. Um, I understand how, how, how do you get paid for this? How does, how do you make money? How are you making a living? Telling about brand partnerships and, you know, you know, ad revenue and things like that and but they've been really 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 supportive um i think it weirds them out when they you know like i was i was on i was on national news uh over the summer late summer um yahoo news did a whole feature on me and it was like you know mindy kaling andy Neal, you know and
0: okay that must be so trippy
1: yeah it's like they had that Yahoo Yahoo! life has a series of body positivity articles. And like, literally it was like Mindy Kaling. Here's Andy Neal. Here's Chloe Kardashian, you know, about body positivity. I'm like, they look at that. And they're like, okay. And things I'm nowhere near like the echelons of, of those amazing personalities at all but somehow i got put in the mix with them.
0: well out of those three i would say you're the only one that actually has anything to do with body positivity i'm just gonna say that for the listeners <laughs> chloe Kardashian and mindy kaling have nothing to do with body positivity or the fat liberation movement so i'm glad that you were part of that group as well because
1: yeah, it, was, it was so they're just it, it, they're they're kind of weird i don't, I don't say weirded out just like taken back by it and um I get asked all the time, oh, I thought you were going to be a filmmaker. I'm like, oh, I am. And this is, you know, this is what I do. I'm using, I'm using video and stuff. And I still very much involved in the filmmaking community here. I'm on, you know, I'm on I'm, on our local film commission board. Um, I, 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 I'm going to be in this, the process of making documentaries, doing more things, but I'm also taking acting classes. I'm, I'm auditioning for things. I'm getting a lot of modeling gigs. So working both sides of the camera, um.
0: It feels like such a good fit. It feels like it works really well together.
1: It works really well for me and um, you know I think what, what's weird about my family the most is when they, they walk into a a Columbia um, outlet store. And it's you? And well it's, it's me but then they're like they're handed a coupon and it's a picture of me hiking. <laughs> like here's great. a coupon for your next visit and it's like that's our son.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Wow. Oh my gosh. What a journey. And it's it's been a year like
1: yeah
0: wow how do you how do you stay grounded with all of that like the that you know how how, do you feel like you have your feet under you I feel like I would just be flailing a little bit
1: my wife she keeps me grounded um she's I say this and this is going to sound bad but it actually is a good thing she is very unimpressed by me yes that's a good thing yeah she knows she knows me for me and she's not like, oh well, you know, Andy's doing such you know, he's so talented in this. She she knew these things about me before I knew them about myself. And it, it, doesn't, it didn't it didn't surprise her at all. And it's Lindsay,
0: right? Was that her name? Lindsay, yeah. Shout out to Lindsay.
1: Um keeps me grounded totally. And also I think the fact that this happened when I was 39, 40 years old. If all this would have happened, I don't know how these TikTok these TikTok kids They go viral and they end up, you know, I'm able to make a very comfortable living doing this, not these, but you got these kids making millions of dollars, no idea what to do with it. And they're just going, I'm like, I, I would not have been able to deal with that at 2025. Um, so having, having some life experience under me, you know, finishing, finishing college, finishing film school, you know, having a whole other career for, and then having a complete paradigm shift in the way I viewed the world, um, I'm able to like kind of just temper temper things and and um, get my priorities straight because yeah I, I that that's that's huge and then also just the outdoors I'm out I hike or do something outdoors three to four times a week if not oh, more Nice,
0: nice and these are all places around you like you can just drive to them oh that's great
1: I went to three different huge waterfalls yesterday um just, it was an hour away I dropped with my daughter of school, and I'm like, well, there's going to be snow up there tomorrow. It's clear now. I'm going to go now before before the roads close. So I went out there and made a bunch of content, hiked around. And the thing is, it was a Tuesday after a holiday. There was no one else out there.
0: Perfect. Perfect. Do you ever go and not film? I'm curious about if film takes you out of the moment at all, or making content takes you out of the moment. I do.
1: and it, It's hard for me not to because there's this, this drive to always be creating content. But sometimes um i don't not take my phone with me just because you know safety but um i'm just like you know i'm just going to enjoy this um and make sure that i'm i'm i am grounded and i you know you know, i'll snap a selfie or something but i'm i'm not going to go out here and you know, set up my tripod and make all these elaborate videos and scare the other hikers like I do sometimes. <laughs> Cause you know, you have a you have a five mile hike that's gonna take you three, four hours when you're filming, that three, four hours is gonna take you five or six now because I'm such a perfectionist, my film school background comes back. I'm like, no, I need it this way and I'll I'll do it seven or eight times. And now I'm adding audio and I'm like wiring myself up and um and so, so there's times I'm like, no, I'm just gonna go on this hike and I'm just gonna enjoy the hike.
0: Yeah, wow. So you started hiking for mental health. You got introduced to fat liberation and that you've created some content about it and it just skyrocketed you. Um, I want to talk about your sponsorships and your partnerships and talk about outdoor equipment for plus size and fat bodies. But before I go there, I want to ask about, and I'm not going to word this correctly. So I apologize if it sounds worded weird, but like, How is your mental health now that you've gone through all this? Like you've got your hiking, you've really kind of come to terms with your body. I imagine you got support for binge eating, perhaps body dysmorphia stuff. Like, So what has all of that led to how you are now in this moment in your own self, both your heart, your body, your brain, all of it?
1: I think I'm in one of the best places I've been mental health wise in a long time. I I started hiking at the behest of my therapist, my therapist. We were dealing with existential, like, I don't know if there's a God anymore, because in my whole life, I grew up believing this one thing, very rigid, and it all blew up, and I'm like, my worldview, what's going on? And um, we were dealing with that and dealing with um, body dysmorphia and she's the one who diagnosed me with binge eating disorder. I'm like, oh yeah, I do have, (laughs) I I use food to cope. Um, And uh, we were talking about you know finding something i I just felt this need like like I don't want to go into another religion just to go into another religion. I just I feel like I need this connection I, I lost this connection with something bigger than myself Um, and being in Southern Oregon being in Ashland she was like, you know, have you considered the outdoors? Have you tried hiking? And I'm like, okay, and that's what got me into hiking and you know <clears throat> the, the the pandemic kind of kind of blew a lot of stuff up. you know we weren't able to do counseling and therapy and I'm currently looking for a new therapist right now. Um, but I, I'm at the best place I've been because I'm I'm cool with myself. Yeah. I'm I, I can read the I can read the comments from the Toxic Fitness Bros and be like, oh, you need to tell me you know, they say, Oh, you need to get in the gym. I'm like, I was in the gym and I went hiking yesterday.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Big whoop. Like it's
0: It's that whole like, let me look at your body and tell you about you, it's like no, my outside body doesn't convey anything about my actual inner anything.
1: They say, "Oh, you need to watch what you eat," and I'm like, "Well, I'm very cognizant of what I eat because of binge eating my binge eating treatments and how I'm just very cognizant of what I eat." And also, I have celiac disease. I'm constantly reading every label of everything I eat because I don't want to get sick. So it, it, it's not about that. Every every body is different, and for different reasons, we are the way we are, and. You know, just because you think, you know, I need to do zero carbs and do your particular program. And I get hit, oh gosh, all the freaking time. Well, the people, because they see that I'm an influencer. And so they want they want to be the trainer who made the fat hacking guy skinny.
0: Oh, no.
1: So they're constantly, constantly. And I've called them out a few times and they get real mad. And It's like, I'm sorry you're mad with your 400 followers, you know, whining about this. Nothing because he wants 400 followers. But they're trying to get big on my success
0: on their version of what your success is your what or like no i see what you mean sorry yeah like it would be success to them if they had you like lose a bunch of weight as a client but they're capitalizing on your success you just being you
1: yeah exactly oh, that's so
0: insidious
1: oh it is it is and gross but it's uh I, i'm really in, in a good place right now i'm very I'm very intentional about what I'm doing for exercise, um, what I'm doing for hiking. Exercise-wise, I'm training. I want to do some peaks this year. And so just my goal is not to lose weight. My goal is to get stronger in my back and legs because I'm going to climb up 10,000 feet. You know, I'm going to do these things that I don't feel like I'm strong enough muscle-wise to. So I'm training these particular muscle groups. So I'm doing these things. And I'm not striving after the calorie count or the scale. I always say you're not identified by numbers. Numbers do not define you. Um, you know, yesterday I was out for six hours hiking. I only ended up hiking only three and a half miles, which is average for me, but I'm like, Oh, I was out for a long time. But I, I was sitting there just staring at a waterfall forever, you know, enjoying it. Like, this is awesome. And there's no one else here. So I'm I'm really am um, in a in a good place. I think what I what I really want to focus on when I'm looking for a new therapist right now is how to deal with this this massive life shift. Going viral, being recognized—not only that, but you know—from the time from from 2017 when I I left my old career and faith behind, went to film school. I was still dealing with that whole transition of my life. This was all unplanned, but it's happened, and I'm thankful for it. But you know, I don't want to have some weird breakdown where someone says hi to me and I just I'm not in the mood, and I I want to be able to learn how to to cope and deal with you know. I I am recognized in the public. People see me and put their expectations on me for, you know, whatever or whatnot, and and that's hard because everyone's wants me to be the version of me they thinks best for them.
0: Ooh, that's wisdom right there.
1: Yeah, I have to be the best version of me for me, not for them. And I disappoint people, and people unfollow me, and that's fine. Um, and so, just learning to deal with that—that that I need to worry about myself and my family and then everyone else you know as long as I'm I'm being loving and kind and and accepting all people I don't have to fit into their box of what they think I should be
0: I'm just gonna like
1: underscore that
0: yeah you know and it reminds me of I heard um Brene Brown I'm not sure if you're familiar with her work she's a sociologist sociologist no social worker sorry um who's written lots of books does a lot of work around vulnerability and courage and just really brilliant and has a couple podcasts but she talked about how because i think she had a question like this as she started because she started to get really famous really quickly she was just like an academia or an academic working doing her thing and then her books start to get noticed and now she was like on Oprah and like like became massive <laughs> And she said for her, what was really helpful was she took out, took a one inch by one inch piece of paper. And on that piece of paper, she wrote the names of the people whose opinions she cared about. And if your name was not on that paper, she did not care. And I just, has I heard that years and years ago, but it's always stuck with me as that permission to like, these are the people who matter because they know me, they know the truth, they know everything that's going on. So everyone else's stuff, that's their stuff. I don't have to like shift for them. So I really hear this, the the tension that that brings up though. That's a hard thing to hold both.
1: Yeah, yeah. And knowing so much of the thing I've struggled with my entire life, my body, is a large part of why I do have this platform now. Yes, oh yeah, what's that like? That truth, that's trippy. It's weird because like people are looking at me like, oh, I mean, I I get it from both sides. Like, oh, he's not that fat. Well, you're not that plus size. I'm like, oh. Oh, what? Like,
0: what do we? Like, what do you even do with that comment? I know it's one of it's those like, weird ones. I
1: mean, I mean then there, there there's fat phobia within the fat the fat plus size community. It's like, oh, he's not fat enough. Yes. And then you know other people are like, other like, oh, you know, he's you know, how's he? He's being he, the way his body is. It's unsafe for him to be out there. He's encouraging other people, and I'm like. And you know, like right now, I going in, going into the gym, and going, um, you know, being very intentional about about some workouts. I've noticed my body's changing a little bit. I'm like, oh my gosh, am I gonna look too? Am I gonna? Am I gonna look too small? I'm like, there's no way. I'm. I, I know. I know my body. Like, I'm I'm 350 pounds. Like, it, skinny is not in the realm for me at all. It's not happening. But it's like. And just constantly having to be like, oh, living up to other people's expectations of what fat is, or am I fat enough? Or am I not fat enough? Which is ridiculous. Now, I had a I had a friend who um, she's a, a model here in Oregon, worked with some big names, Nike, Columbia, Torrid. Um, she, and she just started, she just discovered the gym. She just loved moving her body. And she just started doing it, and her body started changing. She's still very much plus size, but she started losing work because she wasn't big enough, but then she wasn't small enough to get work in the straight size community. And so it's, it, it totally messes with your head. And she was like, so do I stop doing this thing I love? She's like, I'm not counting calories. I'm not touching the scale. I'm just moving my body and I'm enjoying it. My body's changing, but I'm by no means skinny and I nor will I ever will be, but now I can't get the work I used to be able to get with these big brands because I'm not fat enough. And it's just like- oh, that's so frustrating.
0: Well, and it just I just keep hearing in all of that this real, like, the insidious nature of diet culture. You know, like, no one, no matter what their body is, can ever just be okay. We can't. We can never. I mean, and that's what it does to us is it makes us always feel wrong as individuals when it's actually Essentially, capitalism, racism, ableism, and all of that stuff—that is creating this diet culture vortex that we're all sucked into and have to live in. It's just so, oh, so frustrating.
1: And it's the industry I'm in. You know, social media not so much, but when you're in the modeling, they—you have to take your measurements. They want to know these things, and it's like,
0: oh, that would be tricky. Oh, like all the time. Is that activating?
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and it's it's getting it's getting better. You see. You know, companies like Gregory, Gregory Mountain Products, who makes the plus size pack. And I mean, Columbia is getting really good with this, about, you know, not trying to. Mi- no, there, there's this idea of an acceptable fat, like you know, no folds or stuff like that. They're they're getting over that, which is which is oh, great. Oh, good. Um, but still, it's like no
0: folds. Is that like in the modeling description? Fat, but no folds. <laughs> none of
1: that stuff's ever written. Oh, it's, it's not always, oh,
0: convenient. <laughs> you
1: know, um, having yeah, I I tell this when I work with for modeling. I tell this when I work with new companies. I'm like, I better not hear that photographer say, "Suck your gut in." <gasps> I've had that happen, and I'm like. That's not why I'm here. Not gonna no. happen. Oh, oh,
0: yeah. So they
1: use other words like so stand up straight. They try to get you to I'm like, that's not why I'm yeah. here. Extend
0: like, your it's... head. I had a photographer say that to me once. They go, like, you know, it they said they couched it, but I knew what they were saying. It was very much like, you know, sometimes when taking photos, it can be helpful to like poke your chin forward. I'm like, okay are you saying that because i have a because i have a double chin like would you say that to anyone else but they literally and i think this is before i kind of knew to say anything or to push back i think i was like 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 sticking my neck so forward in these photos it was just terrible
1: that's why the beard's helpful
0: oh maybe i should grow one i probably could i'm greek i got lots of hair i could probably grow a bit of a beard (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, so let's talk about what you are seeing and I imagine and hope how you're helping brands get more accessible because I was telling you before we started recording I've always been a big well always not as a kid but when I became an adult I, I was very into outdoors I worked at outdoor hiking stores I sold equipment um I love I was a gearhead for a while I love gear um and all of my equipment that I have from when I was in my 20s certainly would not fit me now, um, and I once I went beyond like a double XL, I'm about a three four X right now. The most of the outdoor brands still it's starting, it's starting. I'm following a few, but I still can't get like actual hiking stuff or even like oh, do you know what I really want? Maybe you have a recommendation? Is a um, you know an outer layer Gore-Tex shell that will zip over my hips and my bum? Like I can't find anything that's not like a men's. They'll do it in men's. They'll often do like a men's 4x, but then it's just huge everywhere else. I just I need it fit for like uh, my hips and my bum, and it's it's little things like that. Because here's the thing that really pisses me off is that. There's so much, what's the word, anger and disgust directed towards fat people. Why don't you move? Why don't you get out? Why don't you do stuff? And I think what a lot of people don't realize is that there is not a lot of clothing made, especially activewear, made for people to go out and do stuff. And not that you know, like it, it's a real limitation, and the and that if it is made and it is found, it's often really expensive. So there are all these kind of privileged assumptions about what fat people should and shouldn't be doing, and yet the reality of what is available, what is accessible, what is affordable, is not there. So tell us a little bit about the companies you're working with, what you're noticing they're doing in terms of plus size equipment, plus size clothing. I just think that's so hopeful.
1: Um, I've worked with some amazing brands, and they're all doing amazing things when it comes to the plus size. Um, first of all, Columbia—they've been doing plus size, um, for a very, very long time before anyone else for the outdoors. Um, but like for men's, they go up to five, six X for women's three X. That is changing.
0: Good, they're going to go larger than three because their three X is a bit of a small three X.
1: Yeah, and I, I know. I know a lot of women who will buy the men, the men's Columbia because that's they, what I did. Yeah, yeah, and that that is changing, but they the thing that with Columbia that is um, key and that every company needs to do this, they have senior uh, merchandiser for plus their plus size line. She is plus size. She is plus size. Andrea Kelly. She was voted by outside magazine, outside business magazine as one of the most 10, 10 most influential people in the outdoor industry. Her and and Jenny Bruso this year who are friends and they're both friends of mine. and she is changing the game and changing the narrative in the outdoor fashion community. You know, she is a fashionista herself. She's worked with many other brands. Um, but she's always loved the outdoors. Uh, she's been on my podcast. Uh, and she's the one who brought me in. She, she's the one who brought me into, found out who I was, um, and brought me in my, you know, my first modeling gig and she is amazing. And that, that I think that's the key if brands want to really work with plus size people and make plus size clothing you need to have fat people designing it and working and telling you their needs shocking 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 news right yes you want to design
0: for fat people talk to some fat people
1: <laughs> yeah not, and i'm thinking not just like have, have them working with it like there was one pack company not, not gregory another pack company who i they uh wanted to test out some packs and this is before i started working with gregory and they did a round table with a bunch of fat people and it felt very performative. Oh, just like Tick a Box. Yeah. And whereas um, you know, with Columbia they have someone there working, you know, in their offices as a senior member of the design team who's in charge of all this, Gregory uh, mountain products they worked very they worked very very closely with jenny brusso consulting what do what do fat people need uh and then they discovered me started working with me and are constantly asking questions constantly for every new pack i was in i was in salt lake city at their headquarters uh, a few months ago back in october and they were talking about a new pack design and it was me and jenny and their designers and we were just going through stuff like hey here's this and that and this and that and um, they are very, very sensitive to it. and it wasn't performative. It wasn't checking boxes. It was like every step of the process from design to, you know the launch to marketing was very much what what do we need to do? What's the right terminology to use? like they 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 you know the companies, are, a lot of companies are are grappling with the word fat right now. I don't think a lot of the companies are ready to use that word yet, but they're like, but they're 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 wrestling with that term, which is a good thing. Um so yeah, Columbia Outdoors has been great. Um, Gregory Mountain products, amazing. They have not just a plus size pack. They have several and more. I wish I could talk about the ones that are coming out. I've been embargoed, so I can't. But there's tons, more, there's tons more coming out.
0: When you say a plus size pack, just like to get specific, again, former gearhead here, um, what does a plus size pack mean? What, how? What are they designing differently to fit bigger bodies?
1: So what everyone thinks it means is a bigger hip belt which if that's the case everyone getting it. my first backpacking pack i got the extender you know for the hip belt it's great but broader shoulders um, able to reach over you know, get your water bottle you're in a bigger body be able to they have a little you know like the gregory packs has a little thing you can grab it out this way right here all kinds of a lot longer torsos all kinds of things the the design of the, of those packs every step of the way was with a plus size body in mind knowing that also every plus size body is different. There's, you know, there's different, there's apple shapes, there's pear shapes, there's, you know, all kinds of different shapes of bodies, but try to be the, the best they can to, to accommodate as many people as possible, not just the hip belt. Cause like with the hip belt, you know, just long lengthening, the hip belt's great, but then you have the side pockets. Mm-hmm. They're way back here, but I, I want them, I want them on the side and they've designed those longer. And, really designed it designed it around plus size bodies and made it as as customizable and best for different body types as possible uh, with the hip belt with you know adjustable torso legs wider shoulders um all all kinds of you know the the venting in the back because you sweat <laughs> um and so which has been huge and Gregory goes up to six x
0: oh it's great. That's wow. Well done, Gregory. Include a link to them too. Gregory Pax. Mm-hmm. Gregorypax.com. Amazing. Very cool. Yeah. So when you work with them, what does that mean? Like, are you,
1: are you a model for them? Are you for, for Gregory specifically, I've done modeling for them. You'll probably see some of my stuff out like in REI's uh, come spring and summer. Um, Modeling, I do. I'm, I'm one of their ambassadors, so I do a lot of social media. I was Pacific Crest Trail Days. I was I was there at the table. Um, that was insane because I, I'm, I'm I was like their celebrity at the table, and it was just constantly walking through, and everyone saying knows who I am. I have no idea who all these people are. Being at a hiker event and everyone knows you, and it's like I was I was surreal. Um, leading leading hikes with unlikely hikers. They partner with unlikely hikers, so leading leading hikes with other other plus-size folks, um, all, all kinds of stuff. Columbia is modeling, and I do a lot of social media stuff with them as well. Um, about to do some more social media stuff with them. I've done, Columbia's featured me on, you know, on their social medias, at, you know, answering questions about plus-size hikers. Um, all, they, Columbia's done an amazing job of really, really u- utilizing me and um, really being sensitive to it. And that's and, and thanks a large part to Andrea Kelly, who um, really is, Columbia did did a very good job when they when they hired her. Um, so and the thing is with Columbia, um their 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 founder, their 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 president who um who passed not too long ago, she was a plus size woman herself.
0: I know. I used to work at a store that sold it was actually called Columbia River Trading Company was the store I worked for and we sold only Columbia. This is back when I was in university. And I always loved like the mythos of what was it? It's like mama something. What's her name?
1: Boyle. What's Boyle, her, her, yes. Yeah, the Boyle like family.
0: Mama Boyle or something. And so yeah. there's this real like mythos around her. But yeah, she was like, yeah, pl- she was a plus size woman, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it, um, yeah, so I was, I've got a long history with Columbia as well. And I'm just so happy to hear they're now going to expand their sizes. That's really exciting because they are one of the more recognized brands. They're really accessible to get, you know, um, Which brings me to, I'm curious if they're thinking about, because again, having worked in those stores as someone who would be then selling their merchandise, are they training retail staff how to work with larger bodies? Because I think you can make all the beautiful equipment, but if you have people who make fat people feel gross and ashamed when they're selling it, that's not going to work. Is there any conversations around that happening, what happens in the retail space?
1: there isn't but it's something that it's being addressed because you walk into an outfitter an REI and it, it it's very embarrassing it's um Gregory's done a good job with with pack fittings um when they train someone how to to fit someone for a pack about about that regarding that um but yeah it, it can be it can be humiliating um that's something that needs that that's industry wide needs to happen um how we how retail associates deal with large people, in larger bodies. And, um, the thing is for so, for so many, and this is industry wide plus size fashion for so many, you can't get the plus size clothes you want in store. You have to order online and then hope they have a good return policy. If it doesn't fit. Yeah. It's a conversation that needs to be had and I've heard it brought up, um, and the thing is where you, where you get into trouble is you have these companies selling, they have their own, you know, outlet stores, but then they're selling to not only the, out, the, their the, the REIs, and the other outfitters, but then, you know, the sporting companies and this and that. So it's, 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 it's going to have to be a cultural thing within the fashion and outdoor industry that we need to treat all bodies the same. Um, Cause you know, I've, I, there've been times I've been, I've been in, I've been in a store, and I said, hey, I remember specifically, hey, I'm looking for the belt in the size. And the dude was like, oh, excuse me, that's in the plus size over there. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. And at the time, I was kind of border, like, oh, yeah. okay, I'm sorry. Um, I'll go over there. You know, and it was all about tone and inflection. Like, I'm sorry, I'm too fat for your section of the store. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: my God. Yeah, you're right. I hadn't quite thought about it in that way. It really is about really every human doing their own work around internalized anti-fatness okay yeah we're back to the bigger picture mission (laughs) of the world changing yeah oh i'm so glad you're doing this work i'm so glad companies are having these conversations hiring fat people to help them create their plus size equipment and clothing oh i feel hopeful i feel really hopeful about it it's great yeah
1: it's been amazing to watch. It's amazing to be a be a part of it, and it, it, it's been it's been kind of a whirlwind. So,
0: yeah, well, and you have a podcast too, Andy. I don't want to leave, and I'll include a link as well to it. Um, tell us about your podcast.
1: Oh, uh, the Hiker Podcast. I don't produce as much as I'd like to anymore. It used to, it used to be every week. Now it's probably one or two, once or twice a month. But uh, the podcast where I talk to other outdoors and outdoor people and hikers about how hiking has changed them and how they're changing the world around them. Um, Admittedly, if you listen to the first season, you can tell I'm still very much entrenched in the. I mean, I started in the middle of the pandemic, still very much entrenched in you know, kind of diet culture. Talking about, I started hiking, I lost, I lost this weight, and was like, uh, I realized, oh, this is not what it's about. Um, So, if that's triggering for you, don't listen to season one, please. Um, But there's five other seasons, um, where I talk with all people who have you know done the triple crown of hiking, they've hiked all over the world. Um, many in the, in the plus size of the hiking and fat hiking community, you know, Jenny Bruso, Andrea Kelly, um, all, all over the spectrum. Um, and it's just, it's, it's been a really great way for me to connect with other outdoors people and a very diverse group of outdoors, of outdoors people. Um, every background you can think of uh, every part of the world. And it's, it's been, it's been really cool and um, people love it. I wish I had time to, to, you know, do it every week during the pandemic there was nothing else to do so i was putting out two episodes a week sometimes <laughs> um but now you know with this um i'm hoping to like I'm, I'm launching another episode this week about mount st helens and work that's being done there i'm hoping to maybe get some more sponsors on the podcast particularly hire some people to really get that going as its own thing every week but yeah um there's over 100 episodes right now and it's a great, great resource and great inspiration. Um, especially, you know, if you're if you're looking, um, if you're in a plus-size body and looking for other people in the plus-size hiking outdoors community, we have, you know, uh, I think my friend Drew, who's, you know, big into climbing, um, he's a plus-size climber and he's been, he's been shaking up the climbing community as a plus-size hiker and, or plus-size climber. And, I don't know
0: if I've seen many plus-size climbers.
1: Oh, they're, they're out there, they're out there and they're, they're they're working with Columbia and Outdoor Research, and they're we got our own little tribe of all of us who, you know, kayak, river guides, kayakers, climbers, hikers. We're all we're all friends, and um, we've uh, kind of gravitated toward each other. We're all working with a lot of the same brands, and uh, it's been really cool to to watch all of us succeed and 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 grow and learn from each other.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm just I just had a memory come up for me when I started working at the outdoor store. It was called Hikers Haven. I remember a family member saying to me, aren't you embarrassed selling outdoor hiking clothing, like clothes and packs and equipment when you're as big as you are? And I was like, I had never, at that point, like I had never even, I had never even thought that I shouldn't sell this equipment because people might assume that like because I'm fat, I don't know how to use it or I'm just, I don't know, like that I was somehow an imposter And it just, that memory just popped up as you were naming all these people and talking about your podcast as like how I imagine a lot of fat plus size people have probably had to go through similar journeys to get to where they are to now be so able to be hired. Like they've had to really push through a lot of stuff to be visible as in plus size bodies doing what typically plus size bodies aren't supposed to be supposed in quotes to be able to do.
1: Yeah. I'm constantly with that point, Jenny Bruce. So I keep coming back to her, but she was the OG. She really blazed trails. She got herself. She did the work. She's featured in the New York times, all this amazing stuff. And people are like, Oh, Andy, you're, you know, Jenny and I will do events together, hikes together. Like, Oh, you two are so great. And I keep telling, keep telling everyone I am standing on her shoulders because she did all this work for years and struggled and was fighting with brands and fighting with the culture that I just come in here. I do a stupid hike for my super mental health, go viral. And I'm getting all these, it's because of her and what she did. And then she put me on her platform as well. And um, others have have done so much work. That's, that's taken a toll on, on their mental health, on, on their relationships to make the success, make not only the outdoor industry uh, accessible for fat people, but the fashion industry in general. You're calling out brands when you go to a photo shoot and they 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 photoshopped your neck a little bit in. It's like, oh no, that's not cool. Uh, things like that, and it happens. And you know, you you got to read the fine print with your agent when you sign that stuff, like what they're allowed to, not allowed to do. And um, yeah, like, well, what does they mean? What do you mean by touch ups? You know, <laughs> right?
0: Oh, sneaky, sneaky. Yes. Yeah, making your your body more palatable. Ugh. Wow um brilliant andy i want to end off with how you stay connected to joy what allows you to really stay connected to that feeling turn towards it choose it what works for you
1: the outdoors that's hiking the outdoors i i mean i i live in an amazing area in southern oregon you know i am i could be at the river in five minutes it's there's so much Uh, you know not just going out and hiking just going i have a spot right by where i did the viral video that's people i'm not i'm not hiding it from anybody it's got you know millions of people have seen it but no one ever goes out there so i just sit there on a rock or a river and um i enjoy and just stay connected with myself and, and the outdoors and um yeah it's it's been the outdoors for me it's really the outdoors has changed my life um if the outdoors is the one place that doesn't care about my body size the outdoors is the one place where bigger is better you know i love going and you go out to the redwoods it's like oh nobody cares that these trees are so big and lila and you know i got pictures of me next to these redwood trees you know it's only two hours from my house i look tiny and that's amazing I'm like this tree's a thousand years old and i look tiny this is awesome i never look tiny in front of anything
0: <laughs> i love that yeah it doesn't care You just get to fully be you. It's like, yeah, it's like it strips away all of the layers that we put on that are so meaningless, really. And you're just you standing on this earth. Yeah, amazing, Andy. This has been such a joy to talk to you. Thank you so much. And I feel like I've learned from you and I'm gonna keep following you. And I'm so excited to see how you're part of this conversation and these actions that are shifting outdoor accessibility for all bodies.
1: Thank you so much. My pleasure.
0: Before we go, I'd like to read a poem because poetry can reach our hearts in a different way. Poems can have us feel in a different way. And that's what this podcast is all about expanding our hearts, deepening our empathy, and inviting in joy. So each week, you get a new poem. Fully inspired by my conversation with Andy Neal, this poem by Dagny Forrest really evokes the lush mystery of being in the woods, you know, when you're surrounded by trees and earth and ancient wisdom. (sighs) There's no feeling like it. This poem is called Lost in the Woods Three At dusk, we'd swim again, The water draped about our shoulders a glimmering dark stolen from the shadows behind us the bowl of sky still blue though leaching light the oaks and maples on the shore in front of us the ripest green pulsing with the last low rays of sun as we slipped through the river's center bands of successive ripples flipped from black to green The lush shoreline reflected into liquid shards that fused briefly together like living glass at the river's edge. It felt like we could push back the shadows and climb into the sunlit angles of the past by setting one well-placed hand into the familiar greening verge just in front of us, just out of reach. Thank you for joining me today. My hope is that you're feeling a little less alone and a little more seen. So until the next episode, you can find me on Instagram at fatjoy.life, on YouTube at youtube.com slash at fatjoy, and on Patreon at patreon.com slash fatjoy. Please do check out the show notes for how you can connect with my amazing guest and for the links to the poem. All right, lovely. I am sending you off with my best wishes for an abundantly fat joy day. And I look forward to talking to you again soon. Bye-bye.